Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast, located in Seattle, Washington. As a church, we are a community striving to be faithfully present to God, self, and others. We hope this is an encouragement to you in your life, no matter where you are. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Um, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who organized this. It's been really fun and powerful for me, and especially the speakers. Um, man, it's been great to hear different perspectives. And Courtney, thank you for sharing from from your heart. That was that was amazing. Um, one thing we did not write the title of this, so I, I don't know who did, and we, we're getting a. <laughs> But it, it, is, it is a good title, so whoever wrote it, I, I'm not throwing shade at that. But, um, uh, okay. But, um, so Katie was asked to speak. Hi, I'm Katie. Um, yeah, Mark, wherever Mark is, yeah, Mark had reached out a couple weeks ago about speaking, um, and I kind of, made an audible back and proposed having both of us speak just to hear from a married couple, not that like we have it all figured out or anything, but I just think there's value in hearing from, from both. Um, much like Josh and Courtney, like it was really powerful to hear from each of you. I know it wasn't together, but like I have a much fuller picture of just some of the seasons and struggles and and things that you guys have worked through so thank you for being vulnerable um i similarly have just been like so fed and like my bucket has just been really filled the last two nights just from everybody um contributing and showing up um ben and i just had dinner with uh parker and colleen and Zach and Rachel, I don't know where you guys are, and Kyle from Icon Church. And it's it's a joy to just get to come together and be together in community. And Alex and Mark, you know, and Lisa, like we talk a lot about, yeah, not doing, you know, religion or faith um, individually. And it's it's cool to get to do that with another church. So Icon, thank you for coming and thank you for participating in Redemption people. It's always fun to see you guys too. So that being said, I'm Katie, Ben, and we have four daughters, uh, Eva, Vivian, Daphne, and Bianca. They are um, at home right now. Our oldest is 13. We have 10-year-old twins, and we have a nine-year-old and a golden retriever. Um, And we have been a part of redemption since the start, and I feel like uh, the sanctification of our lives has been so powerful and rich, and I, uh, <laughs> like, looking back at my notes of, like, where we've started to where we are and hopefully, like, where we go, it's just like, holy moly. So we met uh, when we were 19 and got married uh, 22 and a month shy of 22, um, we went to, to college um, across the country from each other and dated long distance. Um, we were both athletes in college and by nature just pretty competitive people, which we brought into our marriage, which you will probably hear some more about. Um, we each grew up in strong uh, Christian families and uh, loving homes. Um, 
when we got married, uh, I remember there was each, like, two distinct memories that I have of each of our dads. Um, one was your dad at our rehearsal dinner. He, um, Ben, Ben is, grew up in a baseball, softball family, and his dad had a baseball, and he was, you know, using, like, baseball um, metaphors or imagery, and I'll never forget him, like, holding that baseball and, like, looking me in the eye and just saying, Katie, Ben will always be loyal to you, and he is, like, tearing up, and I was like, whoa, my father-in-law is, like, looking at me, like, crying, and he's telling me his son's loyal, and, like, that was, like, really powerful, and then the next day, I walked down the aisle with my dad, and before we, like, turned the corner into the sanctuary, he looked me in my eye, and he said, Katie Cakers, I have dreamt of this day your entire life, and, you know, most dads, this is a really hard day for them to, like, give your only daughter away, but he's like, I am so excited. I love Benihana so much, <laughs> and I I can't be more proud of, like, the life that you're, you know, about to, to begin, and so that, like, that's, that's, like, kind of where we have come from and, like, where we started marriage, um, so fast forward, we're getting back from, you know, the honeymoon, and um, I've got a fifth year of college down at George Fox, and Ben's working um, full-time, and I, uh, I realized, Josh, your, your remarks about marriage last night, you, you said, um, you know, it, it took, a, like, maybe 20 seconds to realize, like, you know, like, what, I don't know how you described it, like, how bad of a person or a spouse you were? Well, unfortunately, Ben and I had a very different experience because we both thought we entered the marriage like pretty, pretty like A games and like our shit didn't stink type of like, that's kind of how we like approached it. It was like just a lot of pride, a lot of selfishness, um, like how great are we and, like, how lousy the other person's being. Um, so, like, looking back um, on that first year, it was, like, kind of level one of, like, Super Mario Brothers or, like, whatever your favorite video game is. Like, I mean, all things considered now, like, it was a pretty easy year. And yet, like, man, we fought. We fought, like, hard, and we were, like, both so prideful um, we were just competitive. We weren't servant-minded. Um, like, for example, I, I would come home, you know, my, here's my day. Like, I had one class, and I had um, a part-time job, and I played basketball three hours a day. That was, you know, as, a, as an athlete at the time. And Ben would, um, you know, he worked eight to five in Portland and I'd get home from practice and I'm thinking, okay, what did Ben make me for dinner? And he's on the couch, he's got the ball game going and like his bag of Doritos. And like, we're both just like looking at each other like, well, who's cooking dinner? And then like, you know, I like go into the laundry to like, you know, think that I'm gonna pull out my clean like uniform for tomorrow. And there's just like, a pile of dirty laundry, and it's like, well, who's doing the laundry, you know, and just, like, basic things, but that's kind of, that's kind of where we started, and just, like, some of kind of the place that we had to work through, so I'm going to hand it over. Yeah, so I think, I mean, either way, whether, whether you're confronted with your, your sin right away, or 
for not for a long time. At some point, you will be convicted, and and we'll talk about that, like who and how and and what. Um, one verse that's quoted a lot of times um, when you're not quite sure what path you're going to be on is is uh, Proverbs three five and six. So trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths or direct your paths. Um, and I was just talking with some of my friends recently about about how this verse or these types of verses can be very pres- prescriptive and like, you know, do this and then that will happen. And the Proverbs can sometimes uh, be read as that. And so I think as, as um, you know, as a young married couple at age 22 by this point, um, you know, it's kind of like that. We were like, well, I mean, we'll figure this out. We'll, you know, if we just work harder at it, um, things will get easier. Um, we'll, we'll solve these, these problems because you know, we, we got this, right? And I, I think, um, you know, we are both grinders. So, like, some people are are in athletics. Some people are very physically gifted. But we neither one of us really was. We really built ourselves into um, a successful athlete. And, and kind of, I'm from the Midwest, as is Katie. And many of you know about the Midwestern work ethic. It's, it is a, it's a true religion. It's like the harder you work, the more you will get out of it. And if you didn't get a good outcome, it's all on you because you didn't do it, right? Um, and so I think we brought that into our marriage, that Midwestern work ethic, that's saying if we just grind it out, if we just work harder at this, try harder, um, and maybe not me try harder, maybe it's her that needs to try harder. <laughs> so, I mean, we wouldn't say that. Like, we would probably... But that's the 10,000. Yeah. Those little, those little moments, right? Um, and so then, you know, we graduated from college. Um, we kind of defined, you know, we worked through gender roles in our relationship. Um, you know, Katie's family um, had a very um, interesting view of gender roles in that, you know, they, they were very um, egalitarian in their faith and, and how church should work, but had a very structured um, roles at home, and, and my, my parents are as conservative as they come, and so that's kind of how we operated out of that. Um, I We had a great first year of, of figuring this out together, but we were surrounded by family and friends in an environment that we could, we, we could fail, really, um, and then um, I got into medical school, and we moved back to Iowa City, um, and we knew one person, basically, in, this, in the city. Um, we were dual income, no kids people, we you know, and through through medical school, even though it was hard, and residency, it was pretty nice. We had, you know, we had flexibility, time, um, you know, I, I did have some structure, but Katie, you know, you could do things that you wanted to do, I could do things that I wanted to do, um, but we started building this, this kind of um, com- competition in whose job is more important. So, as it developed, like, I'm in medical school, so Katie has to subsume her desires and career and move back to Iowa. She wanted to be in fashion merchandising for, like, Adidas or Nike, and guess what? They're in Portland and not in Iowa City. Um, And so there was a lot of back and forth that we had to work through. Um, And then I think, you know, as as those of you who are parents know very well, when, when you have your first kid, that changes a lot. So those roles become even more in stark relief, um, and you have to really work through that. So we, we had one child. She was a couple years old. I started my, you know, attending physician job, my new, you know, big boy job after all this training, 
and um, we started getting involved in a church, um, and um, kind of an interesting story, um, at the end of this community group that we had been a part of and then led, um, we were kind of going around the circle, and one of the families said, we remember you when you only had one kid, and you guys, we didn't really like you. <laughs> They're like, you guys thought you had it all figured out. It was so easy for Ben and Katie and Eva. And, um, and then they said they went on to try, it was like a backhanded compliment, right? It was like, but you've grown or whatever, you know. But all I heard, all I heard was the, you know, we didn't really like you part, right? Um, and then, so, you know, our lives together, but also just in general, have been in four-year chunks. So four years of high school, four years of college, four years of medical school, four years of residency, and four years of having four kids right after that. And then, after that, what happens? You, you, go, you don't have the four-year block, right? Then you're in real life. You're all growns up. Um, and that competition that we had started to develop of whose job is harder or whose job is more important or whose job is worse. Or, you know, I mean, whatever the, the day was, it kind of varied in, in the, the context. Well, fast forward to 2017 and... Um, I win that competition. My job is harder, and I had a nervous breakdown to prove it. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so yes, um, four kids in four years. Uh, that'll that'll like bring you to your knees. That'll that'll that is exactly what we needed, and that's not what we planned, but that's what we needed. And um, you know, five years out. Um, I can say, like, by God's grace, I had a nervous breakdown, <laughs> um, which feels, like, really weird and funny to say, but, like, man, <laughs> I feel like we like each other so much more when we have just been, like, brought to our knees and, like, seen the need that we have for um, humility before the Lord and one another and before our community. Um, so, yeah, we, we ended up in therapy, and um, it became a weekly rhythm, which we call hashtag therapy Thursday. So, as you can imagine, therapy is on Thursdays. <laughs> and, um, yeah, everybody knows in our community, don't try to make plans with the Lacey's on Thursday nights, because they'll be in therapy. Um, you know, initially... We, like, wanted some help just having a framework for parenting, and we just quickly realized that um, we just needed a framework for ourselves and our relationship. Um, so, you know, week, week, weekly, um, we would just sit down with our therapist, and she would try to understand our, 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 our story and our background and our families of origin. And she didn't know this, but every week we would leave therapy, and we would decide who won the therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we, we therapy thursday was also a date night so it was like there were a few really awkward dates like i remember we were in front of like the bar at westward um and we like didn't talk to each other <laughs> we, we just had like three cocktails a piece and just like we're angry at each other but i, I think she won uh, most most of the therapy 
so that, I mean, there you go. Like, you can't, like, we are, yeah, like, we just even competed in therapy. Um, but again, by God's grace and like a really good therapist, um, we just, we like slowly learned how to build out our toolkit. And a lot of, you know, Mark, you, um, you know, your FANOS, anal- uh, what do you, acronym, um, fabulous. And I think similarly, um, we really had to learn how how to listen. And I think it was you that said, like, that sounds really simple, or maybe Courtney did, but um, we like kind of learned that we didn't really know how to listen to each other. And um, we would, Gina, our therapist, would um, demonstrate to us active listening. So, you know, we'd come in with a, a conflict, and she'd hear from one person. And then before the next person would share, that person would have to repeat back exactly like how they heard their experience being represented. And that's hard because you want to, it's not the time to like inflect your own opinion on what happened. You're just telling the other person what you heard them say and, and how they felt that. And that's a really valuable skill because it shows humility it shows a posture of listening, and we didn't we didn't have that. And I think having um, a therapist demonstrate that to us as we each are sharing with her, you know, our experiences in the same situation, and for her to demonstrate that and then have us do that, um, it showed me just like the value of of like how to be empathetic and how to how to like how to listen and understand that like we can have the same experience happening, but like two very different um, experiences in it. And that's just like, for me, allowed, um, like I don't always respond well in the moment, but it's allowed me space to like for the Holy Spirit to just kind of work in my heart by like understanding like, okay, I don't understand, like, like, work with me here, Holy Spirit, and, like, show me that, you know, and, and Gina, like, says that there's room for both of us, and that was, like, really huge for me, and so eventually, like, the competing became to, like, our word has been same team, like, we need to be on the same team, and that's kind of where we've, yeah, and, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's at the same time a parallel path of, you know, growing on our faith and serving in the church and, and building community. And I think, um, you know, therapy has really taught us a lot, but it's, it's augmented the things that the, the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Um, Gina, our, our therapist, she values our individual stories, so we're not competing. Our stories are both valid. Um, she also taught us to check our assumptions, which is something, you know, you office-based lovers, I'm, I, I have a mat, a jump to a conclusion mat, right? <laughs> right, sorry. That, that's, you guys probably don't even remember that movie, but um, uh, check our assumptions. We, we have to do that every single day. You have to say, like you said, repeat back what you heard. Um, and we also learned a lot, and those of you who are, I know we have quite a few um, people who are, are counselors here um, or in training to be counselors, and understanding the family of origin and how even just how you deal with conflict or, um, you know, your, your, your story, how much it impacts how we interact with each other as spouses, how we think and process, um, how we respond to each other. Um, another thing that I'll let Katie talk about is, is grief and loss. So 
um, that is inevitable in all in all of our lives is is having experiencing grief and loss and I think um, and I'll share a little bit later like it's surprising to me um, how often it shows up and how and when it shows up and and how like kind of out of my expected um, time frame it shows up um, so back to our verse um, our conundrum of 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 Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. So trust in the Lord with all, all your heart. I mean, when you're, when you're in a marriage, what does that mean as a married couple, to trust in the Lord with all your heart? Um, that, that was something that we really struggled with when we were younger. Um, for me, praying in faith um, has just, like, led me to trust in the Lord. And I wouldn't say that, like, my prayers in, like, in faith, like, I've been shown, like, over years and decades, like, how, the, how, how like, learning how to trust in the Lord, like, by praying in faith for, I'm going to give two examples. For you, when we were first married, just, like, praying for you to grow in faith and godly wisdom. And, you know, eventually, like, that looks like, well, that looked like a lot of things, but um, eventually, like, you became a pastor, and, like, that wasn't in my plan, like, my plan book for you to <laughs> become a pastor, and I was like, whoa, God answered that in a way that, like, I didn't really imagine him to do that, but it's, like, being open to just, like, how God is going to answer those those prayers is, again, like, a just showing up in a place of humility. And the other one, the other notable prayer of faith that I just remember praying over and over when the girls were really little was, God, I just pray for, like, these women to just grow up strong and confident and, like, just have, you know, intelligent, compassionate minds, like, that they can think for themselves and that they can be just, just let them be strong and capable. And then, like, I mean, if you know our girls, like, I stopped praying that prayer, like, pretty early on, because I'm just like, okay, you're answering that in spades, like, they're, they're strong and capable, a little bit too much, so let's back that up a little bit, but it's like, again, that praying in faith, and just, like, trusting that, like, that, that's, like, what it meant for me to trust, and the Lord is, like, he's gonna, he is gonna be there, and, you know, a lot of the songs we sing tonight, Daniel, thank you for, or Kyle and Daniel, thank you for picking those, because they really, like, got to the heart of, heart of that for me. And the, the second question, you know, what does it mean to lean not on our own understanding? When you're 22, like, that's all you got, basically, you know, you, that's how you forge ahead, um, and so one thing that I've learned over the last 22 years is, um, you know, grace over grit. That grittiness that got me so far is, is not the answer. Um, Jesus, uh, as we heard last night, his gentleness and his loving kindness, um, it's, that's what preserves our marriage and, and also our relationship with him. Um, one thing that I, I think is a gift from, from Jesus' gentleness is, is learning that Katie's um, pain or pleasure or even her mood is not my responsibility. It's not, it's not my fault or it's not my, you know, when she's doing great, it's not because of me either. Like, it just is. And it's something that, that I, as somebody who's very much a caregiver, it, 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 I feel that. Like, I, I think uh, that it's my responsibility um, how she's doing. Um, the other thing is that we have to trust that what we tell each other is true. 
So that's part of the checking assumptions. That's part of the running back, what the other person said. Because what you say in marriage has to be true. Um, not on our own understanding also. So our own understanding does not include our community. So um, that includes so being known by your community, um, practicing hospitality and generosity of both your time and your talents. That's serving together. That's the, all of that is like not leaning on your own understanding. Getting out of our own heads. Um, things that we've really prioritized are um, spending quality time together despite busy lives. Um, you know, we both are committed to a lot of things and we have four kids and a dog. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really important. Um, another thing, you know, when, when other couples ask us, like, I think it's really one of the best gifts that we've been given is common interests. And we've, we've really actually fostered that from the very beginning. We've, we've pursued those common interests. Right now, it's, um, you know, boating, which is breaking out another thousand um, for, for our boat, um, but also whiskey and traveling and like things that we enjoy together that is really cool to, to be able to share together. Um, another thing is pr prioritizing physical intimacy. Um, and after being married for 22 years, um, very early on, we realized our schedules don't line up. And Katie has this comment about early eve, early evening um, is kind of, that's her, you would, you would think that I would figure that out. But I'm still, I, I still think that I'm going to turn her into a night owl, and it doesn't work that way. She's, like, conked out, right? Um, so I think um, physical intimacy is important. It, it's, it's a big part of being friends, um, being, um, I, I like the book, um, it was, I think it was Intimate Allies, was that one of the books on the resources? Um, that's a really cool concept. I haven't read that book, but um, the intimacy that you get from physical intimacy, sharing um, sharing common interests, um, and then just um, getting out of your own heads. So talking to each other. Um, those are really, um, really part of that grace over grit that we've seen in our lives. Um, another thing, the end of that verse is, he will make straight your paths or direct your paths. I, I, I think that is, to me, the classic thing for me is, like, I think I know what the path is, right? I know what the straight path is here. I, I see this plus this equals this. Um, and I think um, that is something that I feel every single time it doesn't go the way I plan. So unmet expectations. We read a book as a church a few years ago called Shattered Dreams. Some of you may have read that. that that's what that book is getting at. It's like, what happens when things don't go how you plan? And so, um, you know, the, um, this isn't easy. Like, th this is a lot of hard work, but also grace uh, from him. And, and that idea of making straight your paths does not mean it's, it's a straight path to glory. Yeah, and lastly, for me, it just means practicing a lot of acceptance. Um, like, you know, anybody who's been in therapy has, has learned that tool, and that's just like a, a daily tool of just like owning my own, stuff um and just being able to like let go of the things that are out of my control for instance um our kids are still not in school because there's a teacher strike happening and that's really hard um but just like accepting that and not letting that just like totally ruin me whereas i think in the past it would have been easier for that to ruin me and then ruin like when you get home from work and I'm just like you know in a bad mood and I'm going to take it out on you 
Um, and then, yeah, similar to like what he, you were saying, I just think for me, like building in downtime with one another is huge. And that's something like, even for this, like we had to build in downtime to just really connect on this and to just like get on the same page and whether it's, um, you know, therapy is a nice rhythm, but just like having time to sync. And then lastly, um, I wrote down being known in community. Um, community is just like so, so, so huge um, for us. And just, I think uh, for our, obviously for our church and I would imagine icon for your church too. And I would, I mean, in closing, just, um, I, man, I like, like I started, I have just been so encouraged by this weekend and just being in community in this context with all of you. So Thank you, um, pastors and staff, for facilitating this because it's just like really, um, it's it's just it's just been a huge encouragement to us and and um, just getting to meet some new friends tonight from Icon. So thank you. <laughs>